You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. But it turns out I was right again. It's <laughs> it's it's a it's a blessing and a burden. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Cura. Brazilian Ty is here. And Ty, I'm, I'm just going to say right off the bat, if you are hearing this podcast, it is a minor miracle. Um, I <laughs> My, Minor? <laughs> okay, so the, the battery to my laptop is fried, so it, it runs off the charger only. Well... The other day, I plug in the charger, and it sounds like there's firecrackers going off, and then there's a pop, and now the charger doesn't work. So I order a new charger, and uh, it didn't come with the the proper tip for my laptop, so now I'm waiting for that to show up. (laughs) (sighs) So you might be talking into the void. my laptop battery... My old laptop battery was fried. Yeah. And it would only run on the charger. And then the charger, I didn't get a pop, but it only worked if it was held at certain angles. <laughs> uh, so it worked really well. Worked really well in the work truck. And it would just fault the fuse on the plug-in. Uh, so I just bought a new laptop instead of dicking around. <laughs> Of course, I wait. Of course, I got one that was on sale. I'm not an idiot, but oh, okay. I, I, maybe Black Friday, I'll revisit this. Um, no, I, so uh, two months from now. <laughs> hey, last year Black Friday was a whole month long, so maybe I got that opportunity again. Um, maybe <laughs> we've got a shorter show because there's only three games to talk about. So uh, I, I saw this come across my radar yesterday. I wanted to run it by you. Have you no, heard? you don't. <laughs> now, here's the deal. I've been kind of dry heaving at the thought of it. Thanksgiving, right around the corner for Canadians. Jones Soda is marking the occasion by coming out with a turkey and gravy soft drink. Yeah, no. <laughs> Like this might be our shortest show in history. <laughs> it's actually available uh, throughout Canada. If you want to look it up, would you? How much would it take for you to try it? Everybody's got a price, eh? Everybody does. It's got three hundred and ten mm-hmm. grams of sodium. If that makes a difference, not really, because it's it's uh, it's not the sodium I crave. It's the taste of salt. So <laughs> it's a little different. Well, throw a bit more salt in it, and it'll be good. Yeah, I'm probably not. Yeah, I don't think there's a number high enough. Uh, 20 bucks. That's my number. For you to pay me or for you to try it? Try it. For me to try it. Oh, we can get a GoFundMe going. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's this is asinine. Like, why even make this? Nobody's gonna like it, and if they do like it, they're liars. <laughs> This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. One in four school-aged kids has a vision problem, yet 80% of learning is visual for a child. That's why booking family eye exams with an optometrist helps ensure learning success. You can't detect hidden eye problems, but your optometrist can. Alberta health coverage towards annual eye exams is available until your child's 19th birthday. So book your family's eye exam today at optometrists.ab.ca. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more at optometrists.ab.ca. All right, Ty, you thought it got ugly with Hamilton in Calgary. What about Hamilton in Ottawa? That was not great football. Uh, the weather conditions did not lend themselves to uh, ball security. That's fair. I, I think it's. I think that's safe to say. Um, although the weather conditions can't be blamed for Deadmond absolutely muffing a punt off his face mask. Uh, <laughs> the second the second week in a row, Hamilton recovers a punt off a guy's face mask. It, it, it was hilarious. So Hamilton had what? 10 first downs through three quarters, including none in the third, 13 total yeah. first downs, and they win 24 to 7. I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad for Ottawa fans right now, and I'm sure that longtime fans of that team are having flashbacks Look, of franchises. Come on, come on, come on. Longtime fans? Okay, longtime fans of Ottawa football are having okay. franchise or having flashbacks of franchises from the past. <laughs> and the past? What about last year or in twenty nineteen? They were three and fifteen. Well, and that's and that's something that needs to be talked about because who were the bad teams in twenty nineteen? BC, Toronto, Ottawa. How did Ottawa get worse? Um, his name is Marcel Desjardins, and uh, he should probably uh, be fired by Osaic. I don't think that's even a question right now. I think uh, he uh, he obviously built this team to lose. He didn't make any real improvements uh, in the offseason, uh, and I know that, you know, the cost uncertainties come into that and and trying to recover some money uh from a lost season uh but i mean it was it was just blatantly obvious from the get-go that this team wasn't going to be able to compete uh they weren't built to compete and the, the tanking in the cfl doesn't it's not like you know there's not that number there's not five quarterbacks in that first round that are going to start for you week one that upcoming season there's not uh, you know, running backs that 
completely turn your franchise around week one of that upcoming season. It, it's it's not that beneficial to tank in the CFL like it is in other leagues, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it's just an absolute disaster in Ottawa, and, I mean, that falls on the head of Marcel Desjardins. And that, like, if he's back next year, which I honestly don't think he will be, but if he is, uh, you know, I'd be one of those people not renewing season seats. Well, tanking in football is probably the dumbest sport to tank in. And it doesn't matter what league because you do have to be committed to making a whole pile of other changes just because of the amount of people mm-hmm. on the field. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you're, the, if you're the Jets and you have Sam Darnold and after three years or in his third year, you're like, okay, this guy sucks. Yeah. Like, we need a new quarterback. The only way you're going to get one is through the draft. Yeah. So, right. yeah, you tank. If it's a good quarterback year, and then you start rebuilding around your new quarterback. But in the C- like CFL, I mean, for the most part, you're taking guys that, you know, they might play for you right away or they might play for you in a year, but they're not the high-profile positions. They're linemen and, you know, uh, linebackers, safety. Like, there's they're, they're non-skill positions, you call them. Um, but like you look at guys like Chris Osikusi, who hasn't even played a game yet, and he was drafted in 2018. And he had the fastest time in the combine uh, in his draft yeah. year, if I remember correctly. So he's got yeah. something, so, uh, or at least some sort I mean, they, of skills. They, <laughs> they they do like guys that get drafted do play, but they don't impact your roster right away. It seems in the CFL. So I mean, tanking. I mean, tanking in the NFL, at least it's not a lottery. So you know if you finish last, you're getting that first overall pick. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be the Buffalo Sabres and tank that year for Connor McDavid and get screwed <laughs> by the draft lottery. <laughs> but, I mean, you got you have to you have to be willing to put in a nine-team league. You ha- There's no reason to not be competitive. They could be they could be one in six, but still be competitive in games. That Then we're talking about a completely different story. Dominic Davis, six of 14... 50 yards, uh, an interception for a touchdown, which I believe it's the third straight game that he's thrown yep. a a pick six. And at least you saw him on the sideline trying to fire up his offense. At, at least it looked like somebody cared. Because sometimes it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like everybody was just defeated. But on that pick six... In the chase down of Jamal Roll, looks like he ends up pulling a hamstring. So Matt Nichols comes in. You get the oh, man. you get that return touchdown from Devontae Dedman. They get a de- defensive stop, and it actually looked like Ottawa had something going. And then Matt Nichols decides to run it and take a hit he didn't need to take. Takes a helmet right to the arm, and look at that. He's out of the game, and now they're down to their emergency quarterback in Nate Bahar. Now, everybody's kind of under the impression that you can only dress two quarterbacks in the CFL, and here's the deal. The quarterback doesn't count towards the ratio, right? So Mm -hmm. the first two quarterbacks on your roster, they don't count towards the ratio, now, you can have another quarterback on your roster. You would list them at the different position, but they do now count against your yeah. ratio. 
so maybe in another year they would have had another quarterback on the roster. But, man, Matt Nichols took a hit he did not need to take, man. Uh, yes and no. And he wants to get the first down, obviously, keep the offense on the field. Uh, but, you know, with him being who he is and Matt Nichols, he probably should have slid and just, you know, lived to play another day. That's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, it, it's even been said by his head coach that maybe it's his shoulder, maybe it's an injury, whatever, as to why you know he's not throwing the he wasn't throwing the ball well, and then he gets hit, uh, not on his throwing arm, but still creates another injury. He had to go to the locker room. Like uh, Brad Sinopoli was in the stadium. <laughs> uh, we didn't think that retirement would hurt this much, but. Uh, just the way this season's adding up, uh, that might be the biggest loss for any team in the CFL this year. Maybe they should have, uh, like the NHL has emergency goaltenders. Uh, they should have yeah, a, they have the e-bug. <laughs> uh, emergency quarterbacks, like the popcorn guy can step in and uh, take over if need be. <laughs> you know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Now, the question comes, what does Ottawa do in... Basically five days, because both of their quarterbacks lose are another hurt. football game with no quarterback. <laughs> because here's the deal: now you can't you can't release these guys if they're hurt, can you? You can if they're not on the injured list. Holy, what a sticky situation! Now it's been talked about that they they hire or they sign Duck Hodges who started six games for the Steelers Pittsburgh legend. Steelers. <laughs> now, he is in, uh, he's got to finish his quarantine, so he's not going to start on uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. But I think they're just going to have to look to see if there's anything in these rookies that they've got. They're going to have to do something. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be starting Neat Bahar at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be an emergency start for somebody on the practice roster, a rookie, and that. That's just what they're going to have to do. It, it, they don't have a choice unless Nichols, it's not an injury, but I don't know why he would go to the dressing room unless it was just, you know, to make sure it's not broken or anything like that. Uh, I don't see Dom Davis being healthy enough. It's it's an absolute crapshoot. And, you know, they said it on the panel, this, this two-quarterback, only dressing two-quarterback thing in a league where, you know, you're asking quarterbacks to pass 40, 50 times a night. Uh, and it's a quarterback-driven league, well, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but you can still have three. You just have to start them somewhere else. So, I mean, that it, that gets a little convoluted. But, yeah, it's going to be a complete mess in their next game. I, it's an easy cover for whoever they're playing. Bet uh, $10,000 on the under, um, which I probably should have done in this yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Taryn Christian and Caleb Evans are the rookies that Ottawa has on the roster. Maybe we see one of those names. And Matt Shinetti, uh props to him on the sideline in a monsoon. No, no umbrella. Uh, and he actually did report that uh, well, Matt, Matt you Nichols. Can't, you can't. You can't. Op- you can't have open umbrellas in, in the stadium. Oh. 
Oh, what a sideline warrior. He did He did uh, report that Matt Nichols couldn't grip the ball. So uh, can't play quarterback mm. if he can't do that. <laughs> Fine. A lot of people would say you can't play quarterback if you can't throw the ball more than 10 years down the field, but Matt Nichols is still in the league. Now, uh, as for Hamilton, Ty, they treated this as a preseason game. Everybody that plays the Red Blocks is treating it as a preseason game. This was Hamilton's fourth game in 17 days. They Ugh. they actually end up winning three of them. But it it appears to me if this was any other team, and I'm, I'm guessing we'll see them when Hamilton's back in 10 days playing Montreal, that Braylon Addison, Brandon Banks, and Chris Van Zyl probably mm-hmm. would have played. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with, with just the condensed schedule they had in these last two and a half weeks, there's no way you want to, uh, you know, especially if they're if they're if they're ready to play in game three, you don't want them playing, you know, basically two games in four days, five days, uh, and just reaggravate something. So, uh, you know, them going three and one in these four games is is huge, uh, especially with the guys they had out, and you know now everybody. With an extra ten days, everybody should be able to come back healthy, or you know, get two two thirds of those guys back and and replenish this lineup. Not saying the lineup's been bad. I mean, David Watford not great for your fantasy numbers, but he's winning. He won football games. Yeah, he did what he was asked to do, man. Yeah, which you can't argue. Uh, you know, do we have a new Matt Nichols? <laughs> I think he's a little more mobile. Yeah, he's probably that's a little more sure. mobile of a game manager. Uh, but at the same time, like, how much time does he get with the ones? Uh, I mean, this was his first or his second start. First with a full, full fledged, you know, wouldn't call it a week of practice, but you know, he's got he's the number one unit for that week, uh, and so like he will get better. Uh, of course, it all depends on Dane Evans and Jeremiah Masoli's health. Uh, as to how much time he's going to get to see. But, I mean, yeah, 115 yards and a touchdown on 15 completions. Not sexy by any means, uh, but he got the W, which is all that really matters. And this is why sometimes, even when you pay attention to the CFL depth chart, it's not worth its weight. Sean Thomas Erlington, third on the depth chart at running back, listed as a game-time decision, and he was the team's second-leading rusher to quarterback david watford so <laughs> i don't even know why hamilton releases a depth chart we don't care who your starting running back is because you don't run the ball so what's the point you can't pick a running back for that team right now you can't no no and then yeah so you don't take one and then all of a sudden they're getting two touchdowns and when you do take them it's you know nine carries for 41 yards and nothing else Tim White, oh, I had him on my team, and if if Watford connects with him, like not <laughs> most of those targets, he couldn't have done anything about. Mm-hmm. Uh, four catches of twenty one yards. He also has three catches for seventeen yards. We'll see his involvement in the offense. What happens as more guys return? Jalen Acklin was mm-hmm. the leading receiver uh, with two catches for forty four yards, and really Ottawa's bright spot was Devontae Deadman. One catch for 14 yards, but the uh, punt return touchdown saves him. Timothy Flanders had 53 yards on the ground. Ryan Davis, 37 receiving Mm -hmm. yards. But this offense, 
why aren't they giving the ball to Deadman every single play? Like he, he should be getting twenty five touches a game. So as your lone bright spot, I mean, you, they still have R.J. Harris, of course, but as you know, the lone bright spot this season that has been Devontae Deadman. Do you want him getting twenty five touches a game and getting hurt, and then your offense is really anemic? <laughs> not that it's great now, but it can get worse. Believe it or not. No, it can't. <laughs> Without Devontae Deadman, <laughs> if he gets hurt because they over they overwork him, you're telling me that offense isn't worse with him out of the lineup. <laughs> He's not doing much on offense anyway. I, it, it ain't gonna get worse. I guess. Well, you know what? I said that a few weeks ago that it wouldn't get worse for Ottawa, and you know what? It has. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why everybody was jumping down my throat week one. Yeah, great. They had one win. We all knew. You all knew it wasn't sustainable. You just needed somebody to yell at. <laughs> And it just happened to be me. But it turns out I was right again. It's 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 a it's a blessing and a burden. You're so lovable. It's 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 <laughs> I'm like Rick Rude. Now the only fantasy thing to talk about really is the Ticats defense who has uh, eighteen points here, two sacks and interception. Could have been more. Yes. What is with this? The, how can they count against a, a special team's touchdown against the defense? If I've said it once, I've said it a million times, who's ever running the CFL fantasy site needs to be fired. <laughs> we are we are picking a defense. It does not say defense and special teams. The defense did not give up those points. Therefore, you shouldn't be docked points. In your fantasy score. It's that simple. It's ridiculous. All right, let's talk about some games that actually should be entertaining. The Friday Night Football doubleheader where the uh, Toronto Argonauts are two-point favorites against the Montreal Alouettes. The over-under set at 48 and a half here. This game, oh... It it to me, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. But Toronto is dealing with a lot right now, and the the one stat I saw on the game notes released by the CFL that kind of stuck out to me, they've got a minus ten turnover ratio. I read somewhere um, that teams that lose the turnover battle have won like three games or something this year <laughs> yeah it's not so good. that doesn't bode well um you know the argos also haven't lost two in a row this year so there's that there's that um but i mean you look at that injury report the yeah. guys that probably aren't gonna play and it just screams owls all day. And maybe that means that you should bet on Toronto. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that being said, and my- all, this is the first this is the first time I've seen it where they the CFL releases their pick 'em like with the writers and stuff and it was a clean sweep across the board and I'm like that does not bode well for anybody. Uh 
it seems every time that there's a clean sweep that you know this a team comes out of nowhere and wins by 30 so um just be, I would I would be careful with your pick'em, but I think the Owls are a pretty safe bet. I think I think a lot of people are going to be more worried about the next game. It appears that Chris Jones will be calling the defensive plays for the Toronto Argonauts. Um, Mike Hogan of the Argos put together uh, a great story on Argonauts.ca, and the good thing with Chris Jones, he's not living on a boat this time. I would be with the housing prices in Toronto. That's what I was kind of thinking. He was actually living on a boat in the marina at Port Credit the last time he worked in Toronto, which actually sounds like... Who is he, Shane Shane Falco? <laughs> he was living the life, man. That, yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> now, his defense are going to be without... Two prized linebackers, at least it looks like it. Cameron Judge and Henoch Mwamba have not practiced this week, but mm. a couple defensive linemen look to be getting back into the action in Drake Nevis and also uh, Cordero Law. So those are a couple veteran guys that could contribute uh, in the rushing defense, but this to me screams yeah. like it is a William Standback game. Yes, and like. Nevis and Kadera Law being back kind of, you know, makes me shy away from that. But with Mwamba and Judge out, if that offensive line can handle, uh, you know, opening up holes, the second level is a little weaker than it would be with those two in the lineup. And if Stanback can get past uh, the the line and get into that second level, it's there's a chance for some big numbers for sure. Saskatchewan definitely, you know, smelled blood in the water and they did it with uh, William Powell, which they haven't always done mm-hmm. consistently this season. Montreal is the the leading rushing team in the CFL right now, just under 150 yards a game. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got, they're gaining six yards a carry. I think they'll be oh. running at Toronto, and uh, it, it could be pretty tough for them to stop it. <laughs> yeah. And there's still time to change my lineup because I had nobody playing last night. And that was probably smart. That... Yeah, well, I mean, the Hamilton defense, if, yeah, they don't, yeah. if the site doesn't screw you over, is a real good pick. Now, here's the deal. Um, Nick Arbuckle has been limited, I guess, against Saskatchewan. That hamstring in- injury from training camp resurfaced, and he's been limited in practice this week. Does that change your outlook uh, on him as a fantasy performer this week a little bit? Uh, for sure. I mean, that can be re-aggravated real quick. And uh, and then McLeod Bethel-Thompson's coming in. So, I mean, it, you can you can roll the dice and hope that he stays healthy uh, throughout the game, but it's not something I would be betting on right now. Uh, and I don't know how much it really changes the offense I just know that the offense becomes a lot more riskier with McLeod Bethel Thompson back there he seems to uh, just throw with reckless abandon sometimes so I don't know if if that's the way you want to go either and kind of try to hedge but uh, if he doesn't if if Nick Arbuckle doesn't start I don't have a lot of faith in that offense 
Well, another thing to notice is that, or to note, is that Eric Rodgers didn't practice on Wednesday either. And three of his last 10 catches have been touchdowns. Arbuckle was clearly uh, relying on him. So it's going to fall on DeVaris Daniels, Ricky Collins Jr. And maybe they get Chandler Worthy more involved in the offense, or they could also be thrown to DJ Foster uh, in the backfield a little bit more. The Eric Rogers status will be one to watch for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Montreal Alouettes, Mario Alford has a broken bone in his ankle. He's on the six-game injured list, and he has been consistently putting that offense into good field position. That low-key is a tough loss for the Alouettes. Yeah, uh, you know, just we talk about field position in football so much, and how teams are able to flip it. On, on teams and you know pin them deep with punts it, that this doesn't happen for Montreal They're, Mary Alford so big in the return game like you said uh, you know this could be a 20 yard starting difference yeah. for LaSalle's offense which completely changes what they have to do to march down the field Rashad Ross could debut on the roster this week in his place. He did play for the D.C. Defenders in the XFL, and he did bounce around the NFL as well. Dante Absher appears to have a hip injury, so Quan Bray could get back on the roster. We saw what he did in 2019, and he did take a foolish you know, face-masking penalty <laughs> that cost mm-hmm. the Alouettes earlier this season. If he can kind of stay disciplined this guy does have some talent to make some big plays for that offense yeah and and we've seen it we you know he makes he doesn't make the circus catches but he makes the catches he's supposed to make uh he's able to beat defenders in the open field uh he's he's got a little bit of a nose for the end zone so i mean if he's in i i don't see it being a detriment uh other than the discipline issue that we've seen kind of rear its ugly head a couple times this season and the Alouettes I'm I'm sure they were happy to see David Cote their kicker kick all six of his field goal attempts last week but I'm guessing they don't want him to have six field goal attempts no. this week I, <laughs> I have a feeling they'd be they'd feel way better if he had six convert attempts <laughs> yeah absolutely and Kahari Jones will be back on the sideline for that team I think uh, the emotional leader and the guy that's been able yeah. to uh, help Vernon Adams Jr. the most I think I think Kahari being back is probably their biggest their biggest uh, addition this week. Uh, losing your head coach at any time for any reason is not ideal, uh, you know. And just like you said, he's the emotional leader. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve on the sideline. Oh yeah, uh, he's helped Vernon Adams so much. Uh, it's just it's a complete game changer when he's on the sideline for the Alouettes. Now, the BC Lions, one-and-a-half-point underdogs as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders come to town. Uh, 47-and-a-half points is the over-under for this game. And I actually might be tempted to take the over in this one. It'll be an exciting game. Life is too short to bet the under. (laughs) I I just want to mention that this one, uh, the, the BC Lions will be marking uh, the the new National Day for Truth and Reconciliation this week. Um, it's a COVID sellout. 
they have sold uh, the the it's a sellout the the most tickets they can sell that they're allowed to sell a bc place yeah. they have done um they're providing 350 tickets to residential school survivors and other indigenous partners for the game the first 10,000 fans are going to get that free orange t-shirt um with the revamped Lions logo done by an indigenous artist, man, I think that looks pretty cool. And fans are going to be getting yeah. that for free. Uh, props to the BC Lions for, for doing this for their home game. I, I think it's it goes a long way, and it's an important thing that they're doing in this game. For sure. Uh, you know, we it's been... a well, two years really, uh, you know, with the pandemic oh, yeah. and now everything that's come up, everything that's come up with, with the residential schools and everything, uh, you know, it's been a real rough year, uh, you know, whether it's people losing jobs or stuff like that, it's just, it's obviously something that needs to be addressed and, and, you know, BC is, is, uh, showing their support for the, for the cause and, and, uh, you know, it's just. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. It's just, it had, they, I think every team should probably be doing something. And yeah. I think every team probably will, uh, whether it's, you know, they have a home game this week or next week. Um, you know, it's just something that needs to be brought to light and they have to use their platform any way they can. I think it'd be cool if uh, all of the team's logos were done and they came out with, you know, a, a charity mm-hmm. t-shirt league wide and uh, you, you could buy those and, you know, if that supported different indigenous, you know, groups and charities yep. and things like that, because I, I actually I really like the look of the Lions shirt, and I, I think they would sell a lot of those. Never mind giving giving them away for free. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a mm-hmm. cool opportunity that the CFL has here, and if they can uh, continue to to, uh, to to support this, I, I think it'll be going a long way for the Canadian Football League and getting the game in front of more people. That's what this game can do. It can bring people together. Now, <laughs> I got to mention this. AC Leonard has now at least offered an apology, but Gary Peters, a defensive back on the BC Lions, has also been suspended one game for berating a doping control official. He might appeal and be able to play this week, according to Farhan Lalji from TSN. But now that's two guys that have been suspended for doing the same thing. What gives, Ty? Can you guys, can you guys just piss in a cup and move on? That's what it like, comes down to, man. It's a, requ- it's a requirement of your job. Get your head out of your ass. You know what I have to do every pro. You know what I have to do before every project I go on. I have to go for a drug and alcohol test. I don't understand why I gotta take a breathalyzer four days before I go to work, but I do it. <laughs> hey, that and that sums it up. I man. pee in a cup and they test it. They're they're not they're not infringing on my freedoms. It's a condition of employment. Pee in the cup. These people are just doing their job. There's no need to berate them or abuse them and get suspended. You're an idiot and an ass if you do. And I I feel no sympathy for for Leonard. I feel uh, no sympathy for Gary Peters uh, getting suspended. They're they're just being asses, and that's just all there is to it. 
I read that AC Leonard is surrendering eleven thousand dollars in salary per game that he misses. So good, thirty three thousand dollars down the toilet because you refused to pee in a cup. Is that really worth it? Doesn't that really scream guilt to you? <laughs> Man, I do. I do a lot to save thirty bucks. Never mind thirty grand. You do a lot to save thirty cents. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I love you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ty, I I think this this game is all about the matchup between the Lions receivers and uh, the Ryder secondary. Although you could probably go Ryder... What's left left of the Ryder secondary. (laughs) You could also go Ryder receivers versus Lions secondary, which could be could be quite fun as well now here's the deal mike adam hurt so he's out ed ganey looks like he'll be able to return which will be will be a, a nice addition for the rough rider secondary they've moved luchez purifoy to the safety position for this week which he can i'd be, I'd be putting nick marshall there that, that that's a solid that's a solid pick. I, I think Purifoy is probably the smarter player, and I, <laughs> that sounds really mean. But he can quarterback uh, the well, second. It's one hundred. It's one hundred percent true. <laughs> um, but like, hey, we we heard it on the panel a couple weeks ago. Usually, your safety is your weakest spot on the field. So why not put your worst corner there, who? can't help himself but to go for the ball on every throw his way and gives up big play after big play after big play and leave Purifoy on the corner or the defensive half where he can actually cover somebody man-to-man. Their biggest challenge is going to be able to keep Lucky Whitehead from getting behind them, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that. (laughs) They better not be able to. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, that uh, that's a tease for your fantasy lineup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I just had to change everything uh, because I had it set last night, got the game stats done for the for the, for the the Hamilton-Ottawa game and went to bed early because you make me record at 5.30 a.m. Me? Really? Yeah. Uh, how, how, wow, much, hey. how much sleep do you get? Because I usually get three and a half, four hours before this show. I got seven hours and 45 minutes last night. <laughs> You're crying. Oh, wow! It's it's cold in the truck. Um, so I, while we were recording all this, I changed my lineup. Oh, okay, okay. I, I can't <laughs> because I had Arbuckle. I had Arbuckle and Eric Rogers in there, and then we look at the at the uh, injury report, and it's like, ooh, that's not a great look. And then Muamba and Judge are out, so I'm like, ooh, the Toronto defense, that's a bad look right now. So I had to make some changes. <laughs> now, this is actually a pretty crucial game. Um, it's going to decide mm-hmm. the season series. Both teams are tied in the standings right now, and the last time they played, the Lions, they almost completed quite the crazy comeback in week one. Yeah. Now we know that Riley's just going to deal with it. There's going to be no silly stuff to start this game. There's going to be no Nathan Rourke, and they're in Vancouver. 
there is a reason, and I know they're just power rankings, but yeah, BC being in Saskatchewan makes complete sense to me. Um, you know, yeah, Saskatchewan got the win in Week One, but if if they're not going to show up in the second half of football games, like, what's the point? Like, you can't you can't honestly say that they were the better team. They were the better team for a half, and then and then they go on this losing streak and. You know, it doesn't look very good. They rebound against Toronto. That's great. But, yeah, BC, they're going to start Michael Riley. He's going to throw to Lucky Whitehead. They're going to, with a depleted secondary in, in Regina, I just don't I, I just don't see how this isn't BC all the way right now. Lamar Durant uh, is limited in practice. Maybe he gets to return in this one. And Brian Burnham, I've been hearing rumbles. Well, and on the injury report, he's been limited. He's dealing with that groin injury. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, it, <laughs> Lucky Whitehead has been remarkable this season. He's already got more receiving yards than he did have in 2019 with Winnipeg. So <laughs> he's benefiting from yeah. from Michael Riley. It looks too obvious that uh, this is going to be a lucky whitehead game, but I'm not sure where else to go. He's a fun guy to watch, and uh, yeah. there's a reason they're selling tickets in BC. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be lucky whitehead heavy, but at the same time, Javonka Toy, uh, you know, Shaq Johnson, like there's gonna, other guys are going to get the ball for sure. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's not as heavy Lucky Whitehead as we think it's going to be. But, you know, in fi- if he has five, six catches, he's still able to put up 130 yards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, re- real easy, which, I mean, just makes it look that much more impressive. Yeah, it's that one big play. And Saskatchewan has given up yeah. 11 plays of 30 yards or more this season. Do we do we have a number on how many of those are against Nick Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> I don't personally. <laughs> mm. Um this is a sc- crucial stretch here for the riders here. A very home heavy front half of the schedule. Now, 6 of the remaining 8 games are on the road. Uh <laughs> so uh, they they got themselves a nice 4 and 2 cushion here. This road stretch starts pretty tough against the BC Lions team, who has now won three games in a row. Brett Boyko is going to start at left tackle. And something I want to see with Saskatchewan, Ty, is how they're going to manage the clock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did 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 they did Dickinson go to the school of Andy Reid on clock management? Oh man, last week, the end of the first half against Toronto, it, it looked like they got about two plays off in 45 seconds. It was kind of embarrassing. At the end of the first half on Labor Day against Winnipeg, they had similar issues like that. I don't know what's going on there, but Jason Moss has been around this league long enough to know how to use the CFL clock. It's like they forgot the rules. Yeah, it's that bad. It's it's awful. It's it's embarrassing, really. as a coaching staff to be managing the clock, like you're missing, they're losing out on points mm-hmm. because absolutely the great opportunities to get into field goal range and run plays and they yep. haven't been able to do it. Yep. No. And you know, it 
I, I, I don't know how much that would have mattered in Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl, considering Winnipeg's defense. Like, I don't think they were going to score much anyway. Uh, but you can't – the more points you leave on the field, and we've seen it, teams lose games, uh, you know, early in the year, late in the year, playoffs, it doesn't matter. The more points you leave on the on the field, the, the worse your chances get. Uh, and you know, against this team, against this offense in BC right now, you've got to get every point you can. The BC Lions' pass defense has given up 275 yards a game. That's seventh they, in the CFL. But they also have an interception in every single game. So one and a half interceptions. The BC Lions secondary. Where do they go? Over. 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 They're. Saskatchewan's going to be playing from behind. So they're going to be throwing the ball. I think this is going to be a heavyweight battle on Friday night. It'll be a fun one to watch. Ty, you just revamped your fantasy lineup. What's it look like? Uh, So Michael Riley at quarterback. Finally, he's not $14,000. I can afford him. Uh, DJ Foster and James Butler as my running backs. And then Lucky Whitehead, Keon Schaefer-Baker, Curly Gittins Jr., he was the best receiver I could afford. Not so, many I mean, games. I'm just, hoping yeah. that, I'm just hoping that Toronto spreads the ball around a little bit. and uh, But then I also have the Alouettes defense. So there's that. In the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge, I'm up against Joe Pritchard from Rouge, White, and Blue. I've already got a 25.8 uh, point total here because I had Tim White and the Ticats defense. But right now, uh, the rest of my lineup is Nick Arbuckle, DJ Foster, William Stanback, Keen Schaefer-Baker, and Davaris Daniels. If more news... What, hap- what happens when Nick Arbuckle doesn't start? I don't know. I, I might... Well, hopefully I find, you can't, find you out can't in afford time. afford anybody else. I know. Because I really... You have to start McLeod Bethel-Thompson. That's what I might do. I really actually think this will be a big William Stanback game, and I don't want to sacrifice mm-hmm. that. So... Uh, <laughs> like you could, you could go, you could take Arbuckle out and Foster out and put in William Powell as well. And then just put in a backup <laughs> quarterback that might see time and just hope that your two running backs score enough points to make up for it. Too bad. Uh, Sean McGuire's not playing this week. <laughs> oh, that'd be an easy pick at $6,000. <laughs> okay. We both had the tie cats. I think. Oh, I might change this, but I'm going Lions and Alouettes. Where are you going? Uh, exactly the same. Uh, so that means you probably should change it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like with all the defensive losses that that Toronto has in that linebacker core and the uncertainty of Nick Arbuckle, it was just an easy pick for the Owls. And I just think that Lions offense with the uh, problems the Ryder secondary have right now, uh, and moving one of your best corners to safety. Uh, just opens up the door for those receivers in BC to have a big night. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. If you are passionate about Alberta and its future, check out The Brief, an Alberta Better podcast series presented by the Business Council of Alberta. Co-hosts of The Brief, 
Scott Crockett and Brittany Brander talk to Alberta's business leaders, innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs about the big challenges Albertans are facing, from unemployment to childcare to mental health and economic diversification. They also celebrate the stories of growth, innovation, and prosperity, and discover bold ideas that aim to make life better for Albertans. You can find new episodes of The Brief on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes are dropping every other Tuesday. Should mention that uh, the next game after Friday night is actually Tuesday night. The Edmonton Elks against the Ottawa Red Blacks. It could be Zach Cornelius versus Caleb Evans. Bet the under? If, if you're playing Sports Select, <laughs> grab the tie. I know that I know that we're supposed to watch all the games. I don't know if I have it in my heart to watch that one. <laughs> I just don't know if I have the endurance to sit through that entire quote-unquote football game on Tuesday night. Tuesday night football, baby. Oh, yeah, that rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> We'll be back on Monday to talk more about that game and what happens uh, in the doubleheader this Friday night. Enjoy the rest of Week 8. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.